Amen. So good to be with you this morning. I'd like to just tell you my appreciation for being here all weekend, really, all day yesterday and last night at Brother Stanley's home with the family and some friends. And Praise God, it was great. <laughs> it was a great time of sharing and a great time of the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I just thank you. I want to make it clear that I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the presence of the Lord that's here with you this morning. Amen. You brought Him with you. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen? Praise God. You know, uh, He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's Jesus, amen? That's what it's all about. Yes. Yes. I just can't get over the love of God. I talked about how much He loves us last time I was here. But it's it's His great love that He has for us. Yes. You know, we've been taught, I think, from the time we were young, you know, if you was raised any in any type of a Christian atmosphere, you know, how much God loves you and how much you should love God. Mostly it was drilled into us, we should love God. Amen? <laughs> but when I found out how much He loved me, it was a game changer. <laughs> it, was a, it was a total game changer. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I believe I've had church this morning. <laughs> I thank Sister Anita for the songs that she's brought forth. and You know, when we come into the house of the Lord, I know we've already talked some about this, and we're going to exhaust, I'm sure, the subject. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Wayne and I were talking about this yesterday morning, and... and, and uh, how we love to come into the house of the Lord in worship and praise. Yes. And that that is that is a a it's it's just a I want to say a, a precursor, you know, <laughs> the preeminence of when we come together and we worship and praise the Lord. You know how how it brings I don't know. That if that's the right phrase to use, I, I might be using bad t- terminology, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying. But the presence of the Lord just hovers over us when we enter in in worship and praise. You know, I've I've been in a lot of churches. I was raised in a lot of different uh, belief systems, you might say, and uh, you know, I've run into all kinds of praise and worship. You know, from Pentecost to, you know, Word of Faith to all different types of uh, atmosphere. But when we enter in and we worship God, when we when we truly give Him our heart in worship, it just changes the whole atmosphere in the room. <laughs> and I, I, I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, you know, I'm not that. That's just not my personality." Have you ever heard anybody say that? Yeah. That's not my personality to you know to worship, to raise my hands and to sing praise unto the Lord. You know, well, you know, it was never my personality to run and jump and and dance. You know, but I do that occasionally. If the Holy Spirit comes upon me, I 
I dance before the Lord. You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm just telling you that you have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. When He comes upon you, and you just raise your hand, you know, and yeah. just worship Him. Just give Him your praise and your glory, the glory that He deserves. Amen. Then it changes the whole atmosphere, and and people are touched. Brother Andrew said, you know, and 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 others this morning, how we prepare to uh, experience the Lord Jesus Christ when we come together. Amen. You see, I don't come to church just to hear a word. It's good to hear a word, amen? Yeah. <laughs> That's part of it. But when I come, I come to worship the Lord, and I, I, I also come to think, what can, I, what can I do? What can I say? How can I, how can I treat someone? How can I smile at them? How can I shake their hand that makes them feel the love of God? See, all this is part part of the body of Christ when we come together. But see, as I said, I believe I said the last time I I was here that the, the presence that you experience on Sunday morning is not limited only to Sunday morning. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That we can we can raise up every morning and, and tomorrow morning when you get up out of the bed and you say, Oh God, it's Monday. <laughs> How many I'm guilty, you know. I'm I'm not saying anything that I'm not guilty of, but you know, I've got out of bed and say, Oh God, it's Monday, you know. I got a whole week to look forward to. And and, and you get down in the molly grubs, I call it. Yeah thinking about what what's going to transpire this week in my life because I got this to do and I got this to do. And we put all these hurdles, so to speak, in front of our vision Amen. instead of looking unto the Lord and getting up and say, Thank God it's Monday. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank God it's Monday. Thank God we have a day. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So I just wanted to start out, you know, I mean, I, I, I took this piece of paper with this song written on it. Someone handed it to me this morning. And I, I, I posted uh, part of that on the Facebook uh, this past week. And I was... Uh, I was reading the words. You know, a lot of times we even sing songs and we worship the Lord in song, but we don't even we don't even comprehend sometimes the words that are we're even speaking forth out of our mouth. You know, when and when I was reading these words I was thinking, Wow, what what a what a word. What meaning there is to the words that are in this song, you know, and, and, and all the songs we sang this morning. But, you know, I, I, I got caught up in that last stanza, you might say, the last paragraph. It says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Amen. Amen? That's God. 
That's the Lord in our lives. He's, he's there all the time. Ever present to meet every one of our needs and, and to speak to our hearts and to change our lives continuously day by day and moment by moment. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So we need to, you know, we, and I'm not saying we don't, but I know I'm guilty of many times, you know, just singing songs and making a melody and not really thinking about how the Lord is really in the, in the presence of that, in the writing of that. Praise God. Let's just look to the Lord in a word of prayer. I, like I said, I, I just feel that the power and the presence of the Lord was here so strong this morning. You know, I'm a crybaby. I just, I just get, I, <laughs> I just get caught up with the Lord. You know, in His presence, and man, the the sprinkling system comes on automatically, <laughs> and I just, I just worship the Lord, and I just, you know, I just feel His presence so strong here this morning, and I just want to worship you just a little bit more. Father, I just give you praise and thanks, and I give you the honor and glory for all that you're doing here this morning. Lord, for your presence that we we are feeling, for your healing that is taking place, that you're working even now. You are working by your Spirit in each heart and life. Lord, you've already brought forth your Word that you said, Lord, that the, the soil of our heart is being softened. You said that we'll no longer have a stony heart, that you'll take out the stony heart and you'll put in a heart of flesh. Lord, that you can plant the seeds of righteousness, of love, of goodness, of, of peace, of joy in our heart, that we might bear forth fruit and that this fruit will be of You, Lord. And Lord, that it will touch the whole world, every, every nation and every heart and every kindred, kindred. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually going to be teaching this morning... Um, I used to be a preacher. <laughs> Years ago, believe it or not, I used to be a preacher, but like the Lord spoke to my heart maybe, oh, I don't know, years anymore, but some years ago, 10, 15 years ago, and He said, I want, I want, to, I want to raise up a teacher in you. And I said, okay. So I'm going to be teaching from Mark 4 this morning, but I want to read something before I actually get get to Mark 4. It's found in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. And if you know the account of Genesis in the 8th chapter, it was talking about Noah. You Bible scholars, you probably already knew that when I told you to turn to, Mark, <laughs> to Genesis 8. But there was a great flood on the earth. How many heard about the ark? <laughs> well, this in, in, in the 8th chapter of Genesis, starting in verse 20, is when the ark had come to a standstill, you might say. It, it had, it, it had uh, landed, if I can put it that way, on Mount Ararat. And they, they had gotten out of the ark, all the animals and all the people got out of the ark, and it says, Noah built an altar to the Lord 
and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in His heart, how about this? The Lord said in His heart, this is God speaking, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. What I want to talk to you about this morning, and believe it or not, in Mark chapter 4, is the sower sows the Word. <laughs> Isn't God good? Amen. He knows, he knows what's going on before we do, don't He? Amen. He puts everything together in, in, in a way that it just meshes. He, does, he, he doesn't bring any confusion. He's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of indifference. But He brings everything together. You know, and He can do it through, through a symphony right here this morning. He can bring together what He wants to say through many vessels. Amen. Through song, through word, through prophecy, however He wants to do it. But He'll bring it together, amen? So that we can receive the goodness and the fullness of what He has to say to us this morning. I wrote on the top of my notes, I said, God the Master Planter. Amen. <laughs> God is the Master Planter. If you look, you know, as I was driving down the road this morning to the church, I, I was looking at the fields and I was looking at the trees and, and all, all the goodness and all the, the uh, plants and, and all of what God has created. I mean, just a small portion, but it was so beautiful. Amen. Just beautiful what God Amen. has made. You know, many times we go through life and we look at things and we just it doesn't register that it's things that God has prepared, God has made. Amen. God had put them there for mankind, for us. Amen. <laughs> you know, like I said last last time I was here, you know, God built a made a made a garden and he he took six days to plant everything or make this whole world and everything that's in it, and then he put man Amen. in there, Amen. and he said, "This is what I made for you." Amen. Everything was prepared for us. That's how how much God loves us. He prepared everything for us. So we have to take our our spiritual understanding. Many times it comes through our natural sight. And see everything that God has prepared for us. Yes. You see, when, when, when Noah built that altar and burnt the offering unto God, God was well pleased because Noah recognized what God was doing. Amen. He had a recognition of his God, so he wanted to offer to God. And God said, because of this, I will never again destroy this earth. Amen. I will never again destroy mankind. 
You know, we hear it a lot of times, you know, well, this earth will never be be destroyed again by water. And if you read the whole chapter, he goes on to say that. But if you read what he said in the beginning, he said, I won't destroy this earth again. (laughs) So we have to get, sometimes we have to get our, our understanding corrected by what the Word says instead of by what people tell us. Amen? By doctrines of man instead of doctrines of, of the Word of God. But what I wanted to bring out in there is because he said that, he said from now on, as long as the earth exists, he said there will be seed, time, and harvest. Amen. That is God's plan. Amen. It's God's plan that we plant seed and seed is planted in us. And, and by that, we're going to look at, at the Word of God this morning and see how some of that works. It's just a small portion because you can take this to every uh, area of our lives. Most of the time, when, when I, lately when I listen to uh, seed, time, and harvest, you might say on maybe an uh, uh, evangelistic TV broadcast, they're talking about money. <laughs> Plant a seed. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying that's a lot of what we're hearing today. But it goes way beyond. Because it does work in our finances, don't get me wrong. It does work if we do it out of a good heart. Out of a good heart. But, but we have to be careful of how things are manipulated, you know, when we hear them. In Matthew chapter 4, I want to start sort of backwards. Hmm? Mark chapter 4. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess you... <laughs> anyway, we'll start with uh, verse 30 in Mark chapter 4. You know, I guess what got me to reading some of this was a few weeks ago, I don't remember how long ago it was, but uh, Brother Wayne and I were on the phone. And uh, I, we were talking about something, I guess it was end times. <laughs> get, uh, anyway, uh, and I said, I don't, I don't understand this, Brother Wayne. And he said, why don't you? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> That's the way I took it anyway. <laughs> and I said, because I said, I, I just don't see the progression of this and how it's going to work out in the, you know, in the fullness of time. And he said, well, look at the seed and how the seed is sown. I said, okay. And I think we sort of let it go. I don't remember what, we, what he said after that. But I started thinking on that and dwelling on it and meditating upon it. And here's, here's sort of what he was saying in, Matthew, in Mark 4.30. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes 
larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make its nest in its shade. The kingdom of God. You see, we're living in the kingdom of God right now. A lot of people want to put the kingdom of God over into heaven somewhere into a sweet by and by over there. But the kingdom of God is already... Jesus said it is amongst you. He said it's in you. He said we're living in the kingdom right now. He, He prepared the kingdom for us. And He died and He rose again. And, you know, He was resurrected and seated in the heavenly so that we can enjoy the kingdom life today. It's not something that I'm looking forward to. It's something that we're in. And it's already been planted as a seed. He said if a seed, I I believe it's in John. I was looking that up this morning and I don't remember what happened, but I didn't read it. But I believe it's in John chapter 12 where he talks, unless the seed dies. But when when the seed falls into the ground, he said, and dies, it brings forth much fruit. And he was speaking really of himself. Because Jesus was the seed that fell into the ground and was buried. And three days later, he rose again. And guess what? He brought many sons unto God. Hallelujah. The one seed, the seed Jesus Christ brought forth out of his life, out of giving his life for each and every one of us, he brought forth many sons into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it was planted. The seed has been planted into our hearts and into our lives and it's growing forth and it's bringing forth much fruit, you might say. Hallelujah. If you look back a little further in verse 26, it says, and He said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as, as is a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he sleeps and rises night and day. And the seed sprouts and grows. And he knows not how. The earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grown in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Mm. The kingdom of God is as a man should sow the seed in the ground. But even though we don't see it, that's where the time comes in. You know, I've, I've often used this example, seed, time, and harvest. Between the seed and the harvest, there's a time period. that works. It works in our lives. It works in our, in our, in our being, it works in our community, it works in our families. Amen. Time is working. And that time is working out the things that God wants to bring forth to make the harvest. Amen. To bring Amen. forth a harvest. You see, when we put a seed in the ground, we don't go out the next morning and expect a full tomato plant. Amen? If we planted a tomato. <laughs> or seed, a tomato seed. We don't go out the next day and see a tomato plant with big, beautiful red tomatoes on it, do we? It takes time. It takes a maturing. It takes a, it takes a period from, for which we wait upon the Lord in patience and surrender 
and, and looking forward. We never get our eyes off of what we're expecting. See, the farmer, when he plants his seed, when he plants his tomatoes, he, he's seeing that ripe tomato that he's going to slice up and put on his sandwich. He sees it. But it's still in the ground. He's putting the tomato plant in the ground. He's putting the tomato seed in the ground. And that's how we have to be. We have to be waiting and watching, the, the looking for the outcome yeah. of what we have planted and what God has planted in our hearts. In uh, verse 21, And Jesus said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a bushel or under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except it will be made manifest. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And he said, pay attention to what you hear with the measure you Use it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Well, that's not politically correct, Brother Dale. (laughs) You see, that's not the way the world looks at things. You know, and I looked at this, really I looked at this Scripture uh, negatively for years just because of the way I thought. Yes. You know, a lot of times when we read things and we, we have a certain mindset and it's a, what I call a carnal or negative mindset, we can read the Word of God and we can put it, put it in a total different, uh, you know, outcome than what it wants to be. Yeah. Was what it's meant to be, yeah. and so let me, let me explain what I'm saying. It says in verse 22 there, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Yeah. Yes, and then it says, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Yeah. And I thought, you know, for years I thought, well, all all my past failures are, you know, when I stand before the Lord on judgment day. <laughs> Come on now. Amen. Some of you probably heard this teaching, you know, in, in and they were spitting at you where they telling you that. <laughs> that all your past sins is going to be brought up. See, that's that, I read that and it's not what it's saying. <laughs> he said the light is put on, on a candlestick. So that the goodness, see the manifest, the the hidden, uh, for nothing is hidden except to be manifest. And um, he goes on and says, nor is anything secret except it come to light. In, In other words, what God has for us is going to come to us. That which He wants us to have, He's going to bring it to us. It's going to bring light to us. It's not darkness, it's going to be light. It's not negative, it's going to be positive spiritual goodness. 
that He's bringing to us. He's bringing light. He's bringing the manifested revelation of God into our soul so that we can understand who we are and where we're going and what we're doing in this earth today. Amen? Praise God. So I'm going to start out over here in, in what Brother Bob started this morning. <laughs> and Brother Andrew added to it. The parable of the sower. I'm going to pick up in verse 10 because if you read the first uh, nine verses, it's, tell, it's telling the same thing. But Jesus stood up one day along the seashore, and he had a great multitude of people. This is the setting. And, and he's, he's teaching them the parable of the sower. So he goes through the whole parable, and uh, you know he gives them the Word. Amen. But then in verse 10 it says, and when he was alone, he was alone with his twelve, actually. Those around him uh, with the twelve asked him about the parable. So now he's going to explain what he just taught in a parable. So he says to them, he says, To you it has been given to know the secret of the kingdom of God. Well, that gets my attention. Anytime I see there's a secret or a hidden mystery in the Word of God, all of a sudden that gets my attention. Because I want to know. I'm a, I'm a, I got an inquisitive mind, you might say. <laughs> inquisitive minds want to know, Amen. and I want to know what is the secret and what's the, what's the hidden mysteries of the Word of God. Yep. Because it's it's if I just understand what he said in first nine verses, evidently the twelve that was with him didn't even understand that, which were his disciples. So they're seeking more. They're seeking more than just the surface seed. See, he's throwing that seed out there for all the all them that was there. A whole multitude of people was there, and he's throwing seed because he explains it to them right here. In verse uh, thirteen, he said to them, "Do you not understand the parable?" How then will you understand all parables? Now there's a key. Because he's, he's going to say, now listen to what I'm saying. Because if you can't understand this, you're not going to understand any of the parables that I've given you. You're not, you're not going to understand how the kingdom works. <laughs> See, he's put us in the kingdom. He's put the kingdom in us. Yes. Now he's saying, I want you to understand how it works so you can bring forth some fruit. That was his word. That's what he's saying here. So he said, listen up, folk. Listen up, disciples. Because I want you to see that the kingdom works in a certain way and you've got to get into, in God's stream of thinking Amen. in order to receive how the kingdom's working. See, I find that a lot of times I want God to get into my stream of thinking so that He will do some things that I want done. I say, God, why ain't you doing this? Why, why is this not working over here? Why is this not working the way I want it to work over here? And He says, because you're not in my stream. Amen. 
I said, yeah, but I love you, Lord. And he said, I love you too, but you've got to grow up. You've got to grow up. You've got to get into my thinking. And I said, Lord, but I want you to get in my thinking. No, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. We've got to do it His way. You ever hear, the, hear them say to you, it's my way or no way? Well, that's what He's saying. Amen. It's my way or no way. Now, if we don't like that, that's too bad. Amen. But he's, he, he puts it out here plainly. And when we get into His way, guess what? We find out how much easier it is. Amen. <laughs> we find out it's smooth sailing because I found out for 40-some years that I was rowing the boat upstream instead of downstream. Amen. And I'll tell you one thing, it's a whole lot easier going downstream than it is upstream. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. So here we, here we go. The sower sows the Word. Verse 15. And these are the ones along the path where the Word is sown. When the heat, or when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that is sown in them. There's number one. And these are the ones sown by rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the Word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation and persecution arises on the count of the Word, on the count of what? The Word. The word immediately they fall away. And here's another one. And others are the ones sown among thorns. And are those who hear the Word... But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the Word. Choke what? The Word. See, he's talking about the Word. And it becomes unfruitful. So he shows us these examples of how he is sowing the Word. He's scattering forth the Word. The sower sows what? The Word. So it's the Word of God that is the principle in this, in this parable or in this teaching. It's the principal thing. is the Word of God. And how do we handle the Word of God? How do we look at the Word of God? How are we taught? And how do we, how do, you know, what is our doctrinal view, if you will, on the Word of God? Because all of these are either stony ground, hard ground, thorny ground, or good ground. Amen? Because the number one thing that he said was immediately after that word hits your heart, or hits your, even hits your mind, I don't even know if it gets to your heart, really. <laughs> Put it, I'm not trying to dissect this too thinly here. But a lot of times when you hear the Word, immediately the enemy comes to steal the Word before it ever has time to make root. Before it ever has time to germinate and produce anything, the enemy comes to steal it. So that's the thing. We have to, we have to prepare our hearts, as I said this morning. We have to prepare our heart, but we have to also... In preparing, we have to understand that seed that is being planted in us. How is it? How is it? Uh, 
How is it getting in there? How are we looking at it? How is it how, what is our perception to the Word of God? Because here he says in verse 20, he says, but those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the Word, accept it, and bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, as I was reading that, I said, well, what's the difference? <laughs> i got to get the key here to understand why is some 30, 60, and 100 fold? And these other ones wasn't producing. And, and the two things that stood out to me was, you got to hear the Word, and you got to accept it. Yeah. you got to hear it and accept it. Now, you might say, well, that's simple. Well, I don't know, because we got to take the principle. we got to go, many times, if, you, if you're looking at a parable or you're looking at this type of teaching, you've got to go back to the natural. If I put a seed in the ground and I want to produce that tomato, what has to take place? There's all kinds of steps that take place from the time it's planted in the ground to the time it comes a full maturity. So I've got to hear the Word. I've got to be a hearer, you might say, of the Word. A continual hearer of the Word. I've got to be a continual hearing what God is doing while the darkness is upon the seed. Because when the enemy comes to steal that plant or that seed, am I going to let him? Am I going to say, oh, I guess it didn't work? Amen. See, that's generally what happens. You know, when, 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 when uh, someone lays hands on you for healing and, and the next morning you get up and you've got the same problem, you say, well, I guess it didn't work. <laughs> See, that's not, that's not a good perception of the Word of God. That's not accepting the Word of God. That's not being a hearer of the Word. Because a hearer will take that Word and hear it. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? When you hear something, if, if I tell you something and you hear it, you're going to believe it. When you really hear it, you're going to believe it. And that's a believer. Believing in what we hear. And, and he, he also said, accept it. So accepting it, to me when I was thinking about these things, I was seeing the plant growing. I was seeing that seed, but that seed needed more than just the soil. Amen. Amen. Now it only gives soil and seed, but if you look back to the natural, you've got to have water. <laughs> if you just stick a... Seed and dry ground, nine times out of ten, if it's not a weed, because weeds have a way of growing anywhere. (laughs) We don't want to plant weed seeds, do we? (laughs) But if you plant a good seed in the ground, you've got to water that ground for that seed to, you know, bring forth and break open. You know, I got I got a weird way about myself. Let me let me tell you something. It might sound funny to you. Probably will sound funny to me. But when I read the Word like this, you know, and I see Jesus talking about putting a seed in the ground or 
you know, bringing forth harvest. I put myself in this in this parable. I'm the seed. I put myself in the ground, and I say, "What am I doing down here in this darkness?" You know, and all of a sudden I get a splash of water, and I'm starting to grow, and I'm starting to mature. And and then my my head pokes out <laughs> out of the out of the ground, and guess what? The second thing is, I need I need some light. I need the light. I need the revelation of the Word of God. So I accept the Word. I I get the revelation of His Word through accepting Him. Through accepting His Word. So it's building upon one thing. It's building upon another until we come to the full maturity of what the Word of God is saying to us and in us and through us. See, that's, that's what the... 30, 60, and 100 fold blessing is, is it's not only having enough for ourselves, but having enough for those that we come in contact with. If somebody say, somebody once said, well, I'm, I'm happy with just enough for me. I'm happy enough for my family. You know, I got, I've got a nice home, and I've got a nice car, and I've got a bank account, and I'm just as happy as could be. That's what they say, you know. Well, that's selfishness. Amen. That's selfishness. Because he tells us that we have enough to support all the ministries. Amen. Amen. Not just not just our little circle. Praise God. That was free. That wasn't in the notes. <laughs> Let's look over here now. I hope you got a, a glimpse of what I was saying with the parable. The heart needs to be, the soil is the heart. And it has to be prepared as we have spoken already this morning. It has to be a preparation and, and, and a surrender to the Lord. Amen. When we surrender ourselves unto the Lord and just give Him our lives, that, be, that prepares that soil. The heart becomes soft and pliable and plowable in this case. <laughs> so when the seed comes, it finds a good, you know, a good fertile soil to lodge itself in. But then, as we accept that word, because the seed is the word, when we accept the word, we have to water the word with with a with a continual believing the word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word. Faith cometh by hearing, and then he says, and hearing. <laughs> so twice hearing, double hearing. Amen. Got two ears, right? So we need to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear until it becomes real to us, real to us. And then the water of the word, accepting the word, and and letting that acceptance bring revelation, bring the light, bring it to light. And with these. Principles, when they're gathered together, they bring forth the harvest. And the harvest is whatsoever we're, we're praying for, whatsoever we're believing for. Our families, you know, our loved ones, our communities. All these things can be won to the Lord by and be part of the harvest that God has given us. The nations. <laughs> Amen? 
So we have a limited sight many times, you know. I remember I was telling the, the brethren yesterday morning, I said, uh, when I knew that I was coming up to Brother Stanley's, that the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, you're only going to be a few miles from Washington, D.C. You all hear me? Your ears parked up? <laughs> you should have came yesterday. You'd have heard the rest of the story. <laughs> no, I'm just pulling on you. <laughs> but anyway, back to the what the Lord spoke to my heart was, he said, you're only going to be a few miles from Washington, D.C. He said, when you're there, he said, because the presence, my presence, his presence, God's presence, dwells within you, you can speak things and it come to pass. Did I lose anybody? <laughs> you see, when we're, when we're born again and I say spirit-filled, we have a presence within us. The presence of Jesus Christ is in us. And the presence of Jesus Christ changes things. And it, He uses our words to change things. And we can speak things into the atmosphere. You know, in Ephesians, He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and, and when the Lord started speaking to me, I started... <laughs> seeing in in the spirit, you might say, and I've seen principalities and powers over Washington D.C. that didn't need to be there. So when I I didn't have to be 30 miles from Washington D.C. I could have been 300 miles, like I was when he gave me the word. But he was just showing me a principle. He said, when you get up there to Brother Stanley's, he said, I want you to gather with those people in that prayer meeting or in that Bible study, and he said, I want you to declare that Washington, D.C. will be changed from this day forward. And we did. We did. And I'm believing. You might say, well, that, that's, you know, that's far-fetched. That could happen. Maybe it's going to happen. Because we believe. We receive what we believe. If you don't believe something, you'll never receive it. If you say it might happen, it'll never happen. Unless God's just gracious enough to give it to you. Amen? My wife and I have been keeping a niece alive for two years. I mean, literally. She's dead, really, in the natural. And you say, well, why don't you just let her go? Because we haven't been released yet. I mean, cancer has eaten all of her organs out of her. I mean, the doctors said she had a few months to live two years ago. But we've been praying and believing God for healing and a, and a complete, complete deliverance from cancer. And we're seeing it happen. All, all, those, all those cancers have been removed by medical doctors, and I'm not against medic, the medical profession, but I believe it's the Word of God that is doing it more than what the medical system is doing. I had a lady going to our church and I was pastoring 
few years ago. Had four, stage four cancer. And she, she was only given a short time. And she, she decided to go take the, what is it, chemo and radiation and all that. And I said, I have no problem with it. And I said, but what I'm going to pray is that you're healed and the radiation and the chemo will not kill you. Now, you might, you might not have caught that, but I believe those things can kill you more and quicker a lot of times than cancer can. And I'm not, like I say, I'm not against these things, but I'm just saying that's what the Lord gave me. He said, pray that she be healed, and I prayed for her, and then I prayed that the chemo and that would not kill her, and she still, she went back to work a year later and was totally free of cancer. So I'm not saying there's anything that I've done, I'm just saying what the Lord can do. How the Lord can take the seed that is planted in our hearts and He can bring it to maturity. He can do it in the government, He can do it in, in, a, in a sick person, He can do it in a, in a uh, home that is divided. Whatever, whatever the situation is, He can restore to full that which the enemy has tried to steal. Amen? That which the canker worm and the, you know, all those things have eaten up, He will restore. Praise God. Alright. I want to show you now, according to this chapter, so far we've just been staying right here in chapter 4 of Mark. I want to show you what Jesus taught them after He preached and taught, what He taught them, but I want to show you how He made it come alive to them. Sometimes we can hear the Word, but when we leave this place, what are you going to take with you? Amen. What are you going to take with you? A good sermon? A good teaching? I hope it's good. <laughs> well, on the way... On that day, he said in verse 35, on that very day that he taught this sermon, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Now there's the Word. He scattered the Word right there. They didn't know that. But he said, we're going to the other side of the lake or whatever the body of water was. We're going to the other side of the sea. And he says, and having the crowd, they took him with him in the boat, and as he was, and the other boats with him, and a great windstorm arose. <laughs> and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. And he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? See, he scattered all that faith seed. All that seed was put out there all day long. He was teaching them parables of the kingdom of God. And he even told them, he said, the first thing that you're going to see is Satan's going to come for the Word. 
Now he said, let's go over to the other side. After all the teaching, I don't know how many hours. He could have been there eight hours teaching. We have no idea. But they're all there listening. And His disciples are hearing. I mean, they're hearing and hearing and hearing because, because He's explaining it to them all over again. And what's He expecting? What's Jesus expecting from all this? He's expecting some faith to arise in their hearts. So He says, let's go over to the other side. Amen. <laughs> and in the middle of the, middle of the, the sea... Satan comes immediately to steal that word. And they're all shook up about it. And they're all complaining. <laughs> don't you care? Jesus, don't you care that we're drowning? We're going to die. We're going to drown. We're gonna... The ship's going to be destroyed. My income's going away. My health is down the tubes. You see, I'm paraphrasing here. But this is what's happening many times in the church. They're hearing the Word. The Word is being scattered. But when the tribulation and the trials and the things of the world come against us, can we say, peace, be still? Can we look at it and say, peace? We sung about it this morning. Peace. Peace. Wonderful peace. He said, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? And they marveled. They marveled when the sea was calm. And how many times we do, you know, we pray, we say, oh God, you're, why are you letting this happen to me? And, 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 and a few days go by and maybe a calm comes. Because He loves us so much. But really what He's saying, why don't you speak to the sea in your life? Why don't you take authority over it? Why don't you stand up in the midst of your ship and say, peace, be still. And that's what He's looking at for each and every one of us this morning. Amen. He's looking for a heart that has received the Word, has watered the Word, has let the light of God's Word you know, enrich our hearts so much that when tribulation and trial, persecution, sickness, famine, you see all these things come against the Word. But we can stand in the midst of that and we can say, not in my house. Not in my house. It's not going to happen to me. Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I have the Word of God planted in my heart. And it shall not overcome me. I'm an overcomer. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's stand this morning.